Welcome to the City of Refuge podcast, where our mission is to call and equip a diverse community of Christ followers to make Him known. For more information, you can visit our website at cityofrefuge.org. Our text for today is from James 1, 12 to 18. I'll read it first from the English Standard Version. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Amen. Good morning, City of Refuge. If I haven't gone to meet you before, my name is Anna Lee. My Chinese name is Lee Meihua. I'm the second daughter of my parents, Zhang Zhaoping and Li Wei. They immigrated from Guangxi, which is in southern China, to here, Houston, Texas, where I was born and raised and live now. If you didn't know, Houston is on the lands of the Kronkwa, Kadla, the Sana, Atakapa, Ishak, Carrizo, and Qualtican peoples. If you've listened to me preach before, you know this is how I introduce myself, and I share all this as part of my introduction because I believe it is important to know who and where we came from, where we are now, and the original peoples of the land that we're on. If this sounds a little unfamiliar, I myself learned this just a few years ago from our Native American family in Christ who have taught me not only this, but a lot more. In all the Native Christian spaces I've gotten to be in, Whenever someone introduces themselves, they often include some genealogy, parents, sometimes grandparents, or another family relative that may have raised them, as well as the name of the land that they're on, and also the the first peoples of that land. If you want to learn more or have more questions about this, please feel free to ask me afterwards. I'm still learning too, and happy to share and continue learning. Um, Let me go ahead and pray for us one more time. Lord God, creator of all things, we worship you. Would you please give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to understand what you have for us this morning. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Last week, if you weren't here or if you were here, we started our Devoted to Fellowship, the people (laughs) um, holding hands, we started our Devoted to Fellowship series going through the book of James, which as you saw, we are continuing in this morning. Like Pastor Brandon mentioned last week, in line with our theme of proclaiming the gospel through a spirit-filled life of wholeness and love, we're exploring and learning together how to proclaim and reflect the good news of Jesus and his love through patterns of life that we have and are building both individually and together as a community. I'm gonna read our passage today one more time, this time in a different translation, the New Living Translation, so you can follow along with me. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life 
that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. In this passage, we see James talking about several things, which I'm kinda, I kind of distilled into three points of sorts. So that God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. That there's a source and a non-source of our temptations. And what are some of the consequences of those temptations? and God as our good and loving Father. So the first verse of the passage is what says that first line. So God blesses those, us, who patiently endure testing and temptation. And the passage says that afterward they will receive the crown of life God has already promised to those who love him. So I look at that and I'm like, that sounds nice and hard. <laughs> so what does that even mean? What does it look like and how can we do this? And I can't answer every question for every individual situation we're going through. But, you know, I even think about last week, Pastor Brandon talked about the first part of James when it says, consider all joy when you're going through trials. And even how he um, quoted David and said, bruh, <laughs> that's hard. How do we do that? And we know it's not easy. And I think most of the time it's not natural to think I'm going through something hard let me count this as joy. But in our journey with Jesus, because the testing of our faith produces steadfastness, because we have God as our good and loving Father, which we'll kind of come back to, because Jesus walks with us in that, it is not only possible, it is very important. Again, we do this by remembering that God loves us, <clears throat> Jesus walks with us, and the Holy Spirit gives us patient endurance. And we also do it in community. Enduring testing and temptation is not easy to do, and it's even harder, I would say even impossible, by yourself. So we need to be in community, right? Even back to the title of this series, Devoted to Fellowship, even we're going through testing and temptation. And so we can point each other back to Jesus. As we move into the second point about temptation and where it comes from, where it doesn't come from, and some of its consequences, I'm going to point us to verse 13, which says, don't say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. In the ESV, it says, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted, and he himself tempts no one. God does not tempt you. God does not tempt me. God does not tempt us. Though God can and does use trials and to test and strengthen our faith, he does not tempt us. In talking about temptations, I want us to hop over to Matthew 4, take a quick look at Jesus <clears throat> when he was being tempted by the devil, and even some of the temptations for us to also watch out for. 
I feel like temptation is a very familiar experience for all of us, but sometimes in church spaces it can be a little abstract. And so I wanted to see, like, where is Jesus being tempted and how does he respond? You can follow along. I'll read it out loud. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. Thing to keep in mind to tell Satan, get out of here. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. So I look at that passage, the way I would maybe kind of frame the three temptations that we see Jesus faced with from the devil, we're finding sustenance and fulfillment outside of God, testing God just to test him, and then giving into power and glory for your own gain. On top of that, I think a fourth temptation that isn't really listed but is demonstrated by the devil is to misuse scripture for your own agenda and purposes. That's what he was doing. So, yeah, even when we think about temptations, because I think sometimes I'm like, if I'm not going through a hard time, like, what are temptations I need to be watching out for? I think these are all things that we regularly are surrounded by. So making sure to not find sustenance and fulfillment outside of God, not testing God just to test him, and not looking to do things that will give us power and glory for our own gain. And do not misuse scripture for our own purposes. And these are things the devil entices us with not God, that we need to be on guard against. Going back to verse 13 of James 1, God does not tempt us. Even in Matthew 4, which we just read, God is not the one tempting Jesus. It's Satan. Jesus is led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, but it is the devil who tempts him. It is important for us to be grounded in this truth for more than one reason. For one, it could be easy if you are wanting to use God as an excuse to continue in a hard situation that also is giving you the chance to be tempted and sin, to say, well, God put me here, so God must be the one tempting me. Also, if we believe that God tempts us, the truth of God's goodness is twisted. We may be led to believe that God is out to get us, waiting for us to fail, to say, aha, or that he is punishing us. These are not true and not in God's character at all. God is love and loves us and wants us to come to him when we are struggling. And it's not to say that if we just cling close to God, we aren't tempted, right? The passage doesn't say if you're tempted, it says when we are all tempted. The world is full of brokenness, broken relationships on every level, personally, relationally, even systemically on a big picture scale. 
We experience brokenness in our relationship with God, with ourselves, with each other, and with creation. So we do experience brokenness and temptation, I feel like, every day. But God is not the one tempting us. He's not out to get us. He's not punishing us. Instead, he loves us and wants us to come to him individually and in community to seek him and to be able to be delivered. Instead, in the passage, we see where temptation does come from. It says when we are enticed, and the ESV, when we're lured by our own desires. And let me be clear on this. This is not saying that every desire is evil and leads to temptation. There are lots of good desires, even in like Christian spaces, like for community, excuse me, for spiritual growth, for healthy and restored relationships with God, with each other, with ourselves, with creation, and many more good desires. Um, as we continue, I'm actually going to, if you would like, as we talk about sin and kind of the progression of sin, I'm going to um, invite you, if you want to participate in this exercise, and it seems kind of random, but if you're able, you can use either one of your hands or both if you feel like it. I might just kind of make a fist, and as I keep talking, just kind of slowly clench it more and more. All right, so again, we said not every desire is bad, but it is desires that have been corrupted or twisted, leading to things contrary to God's law, leading us to see ourselves or others not as God sees or made us to be. Desires that can lead us to see ourselves or others as greater than God made us to be, like idols, or desires that lead us to see ourselves or others as lesser than God made us to be. Things that are dehumanizing, not recognizing the image of God in each of us. It is these desires that lead to sinful actions, individually and corporately. And those sinful actions, especially repeated and left unchecked, can grow and lead to death. How do your hands feel right now? Mine really hurt, so I'm going to invite you to let it go. But that is such a small, like, embodied way, but, you know, it feels like it starts small. Like, if you just make a fist, it doesn't actually hurt. But if you're clenching it continually, it hurts. <laughs> and it, you know, would eventually lead to some harm to your hand. Especially if we're trying to be a community that reflects, proclaims, and demonstrates the gospel of Jesus Christ to each other and to others outside of our community, we cannot give in to these temptations. We can't let our desires lead to sinful actions, which lead to death. What are some of these desires that can lead to evil? James talks about, he already talked a little bit about wealth last week that um, Pastor Brandon talked about, and we'll talk about it again. And later we'll see him address issues such as anger, being able to tame the tongue, and others. Whew. That is a lot. Patiently enduring under testing and temptation, knowing that temptation isn't a if situation, but a when. Just even thinking about how real and common and difficult temptation is, even as we remember that God is not the one tempting us, but we still experience it. Pretty often, too. Now the question is, what do we do with those desires that lead to evil? Will we live into them? Will we say yes? 
Will we let them lead to sinful actions that ultimately lead to death? Is there another way? Is there any hope when we are being tempted? But God, but God, right? We know that God is not the one who tempts us, and he doesn't want us to stay tempted. We look at the end of the passage, it says that whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father. God, who created all the lights in the heavens and everything everywhere, and who never changes in his love for us. And scripture says that he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, Jesus. Thank God. God not only sustains us when we are being tried and tested and says he blesses us after, I trust that he does deliver us from temptation, especially when we come to him with that. And he also gives us good and perfect gifts. The passage says he is not like shifting shadows which change here and there that aren't dependable. His love is constant and it truly is a firm foundation. Family, this is good news. This is the good news of Jesus, where our hope comes from when we're being tempted, when we are overwhelmed by the brokenness of the world and our lives. This is the ultimate good and perfect gift from God, Jesus. We know that when God made everything, there wasn't brokenness, there wasn't temptation, there wasn't sin and death. We were existing in perfect relationship with each other, with God, with ourselves, and with creation. And yet we know that when we had the opportunity to choose God or do our own thing, to give in to temptation, to want to be like God in a way that he didn't mean for us to be, we said, yeah, I want that. I don't want God. I want to be my own God. I want to do my own thing. And that led to that brokenness, that sin, that death. But God, but God didn't want us to be, to be remaining in that. So he sent Jesus, the ultimate good and perfect gift from God, his true word to earth, right? We just celebrated Easter recently. We're still in the season, if you observe the church calendar of Easter tied between Easter and Pentecost, it's celebratory. Like, thank God that he sent Jesus to live, to proclaim the kingdom and demonstrate it, to die a death that he didn't deserve so that we could be restored to perfect relationship with God. And he rose again because he has power over death. And because of that, because we have the life of Jesus in us, because we have the Holy Spirit and we're in community together, we're in here together right now. We're able to patiently endure testing and temptation. We are able to say no to temptation that leads to these desires that lead to sinful actions that lead to death. We're able to look to God, the giver of every good and perfect gift, and appoint each other back to God. And if Jesus is not someone you are already in relationship with, today can be the day for you. Jesus is always inviting us into relationship with him. And if you've never done that before, he's inviting you to that right here, right now. Jesus loves you so much and wants us to know his love more deeply. And even for us who are following Jesus, what does it look like for us to say yes to more of Jesus in areas where we're feeling tempted or tested and tried? 
my question for us this morning is will you say yes to Jesus for the first time or once again? If this is something that you're interested in learning more about or talking or praying about, especially if it's your first time, please come and talk to Pastor Brandon, the elders, myself even afterwards, would love to talk to you and pray with you. Or for other things, if you're feeling like I can't get out of this, I do follow Jesus, but I'm feeling kind of stuck. Devoted to fellowship, right? That's, what that, that's part of what that looks like. As we close, I want to ask us a few reflection questions just to think about. They're a little small. I'll read them out loud. The first question says, where are you being tempted and needing support and encouragement from God and from your community? The second question says, where might you be struggling to believe that whatever is good and perfect is a gift from God, our good and loving Father? And the third one is kind of inviting you. What is one step you could take this week to be more in fellowship with your community around one of those two questions or both of them, if you feel like you resonate a lot with both. So I'll read them one more time. So you kind of just reflect a little bit. You can take a picture, you can write it down. But yeah, where are you being tempted and need support from your community and from God? Maybe you're struggling to believe that God is that giver of good and perfect gifts. What's making it hard for you to believe that? And I really want us to hone in on the last question. What is one thing you can do this week to move towards um, yeah, fellowship in, with your community around either or both of those questions? I'm going to go ahead and close this in prayer, and then I'll hand off to Brandon. Lord, again, truly you are worthy to be praised. There is nobody like you. Thank you that you um, gave us your good and perfect gift of Jesus, that you give us good gifts all the time, even when we can't see them. Would you help us to believe that you are the giver of those gifts, that you are not the one who tempts us? Lord, in the different ways we're experiencing temptation right now, individually and even as a body, as a family, would you help us to identify that, to say no, to turn to you instead, God, knowing that you bless us when we patiently endure testing and temptation and that you give us a crown of life. Would you even show us today and this week what that means, how to move more into community um, and time with you in the light of all those things. In Jesus' name we pray.